0: I'm Belly. I'm Smoke. And this is The Art of Discourse, the place where creativity and conversation collide. So a topic that has been talked about a lot recently in the media and especially the news is RICO. So what do you know about RICO? I feel like it's like a term I've heard a lot and people are familiar with it but don't fully like even know what it is so what do you know about Rico?
1: It's definitely a term I heard a lot um, but previously I just felt like it was a white collar crime like it was something you do to like an organization to get them on like non-like activities but they were like doing game type activities but it was like very white collar that's just always what Rico felt like to me. See, you're different from me because I think I knew even less
0: than you. I had no clue. Like, I heard the term Rico before, before. but the most recent years, every time I heard Rico, it would be attached to a rapper getting locked up. So, in my head, when I would hear Rico and then, like, the rapper's name, I just knew it was something that's like, oh, he about to do a lot of time. Like, that's it. But I didn't know what it actually was or, like, the details of it. I just knew if you hear Rico and a rapper name, Oh, he' about to get locked up for a while. Like that's all I really knew about it. So I was doing some research on like what is Rico, and the definition I found it says Rico stands for Racketeering Influence and Corrupt Organization Act, and it's a federal law that provides for extended criminal penalties penalties, and a civil cause of action for acts performed as part of an ongoing criminal organization. So, like you said, like organized crime has to do with crime and organization. Um, In more simpler terms, it makes it a crime to have a crime
1: business. So it is gang activity.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. It's definitely gang activity. Um, just a way to fight gang activity or one of the more aggressive approaches to doing so. And the main thing that popularized RICO is its use to disassemble the mafia. So the main thing that made it hard for them to actually do something about the mafia, because let's say a mob boss would get arrested, right? They would catch him doing something. Right. Ah, I got you. You know you did it. We about to lock you up. They would get 10 years, like offer 10 years, but then they'll end up doing about seven years. And the mafia is like gangs on steroids. Like It's a gang, but no other gang. Well, no, we're not going to get to the <laughs> U.S. government. But outside of you know, the powers that be, and no other gang had the amount of power and money and influence that the mafia did. So if you're telling someone who's like, basically it's a business, it's a crime business, it's making multi-millions and you're like, oh, okay, because you're doing this, um, you got 10 years, you're probably going to do seven or eight of them. And they coming back out to multi-millions, like you're not really hurting them.
1: Yeah, he's just going to eat that time. An entire time, they was getting a lot of those mobster guys on like tax fraud and stuff like that. Like so they more little even, things. Right, they wasn't even really getting them for the actual crimes they wanted. It was like petty victories they was trying.
0: Right, so if you lock them up, they're not about to snitch, they're not about to dismember anything But now someone else, even if he does get locked up, someone else wants a piece of that pie because the money is still being made regardless. It's It's still, yeah, it's still an organization. So RICO and then like some other acts like the Bail Reform Act, Sentencing Reform Act and stuff and made it to where what they would previously be getting like about 10 years to seven years to getting 20 to 40 years for the same crimes without parole. So that led to people, well, not only that, but also with RICO, you're able to seize assets because you're proving this is a criminal organization. So now I could freeze your assets, I could seize your car, your house, take your money. So there's no piece left of the pie to be fighting over. So it's like
1: you take the head out and you also take the financial structure behind the organization out. So because of that,
0: as well as the Witness Protection
1: Program, which a big part of the Witness Protection
0: Program was people snitching on the mob, snitching on the mafia. So that, the incentive is there to get out of this lifestyle it's like, dang, like, Getting sheisty, but people may still fear for their lives or this or that. And then they offer them, well, you can get witness protection, just tell us XYZ. You can just start your life over and we'll help you with this, that, and a third. So a lot of people were cooperating. And that's basically how the mob eventually got actually dismembered. You
1: trust witness protection? You feel like they really protecting those people?
0: Um, I feel like. They do to an extent, but I feel like so long, especially in the digital age we live in, you're never fully protected. Like something could happen and you just so happen to be there and it goes viral. Right. And like, I'm saying like, we're just like, wait, ain't that (laughs) that? Right. We're just surveilled so much on a high level that I feel like
1: there's no such thing as that, you know, like. Yeah, I wouldn't have taken the witness protection. That's just me. I, I wouldn't feel like they really have my best interest. Like once they get what they want, why they care about me? And if anything, if you enter
0: witness protection and something happens to you, like nobody even got to know because you start your So it's just like. Exactly. then people who claim they're supposed to be protecting you, you just be like, well, and just move on. <laughs> like, what is the actual, how could they be held accountable to actually, mm-hmm. you know, make sure you're protected? Like, I don't know. I just felt for certain things. Not enough protection in the world. Someone's really dedicated to tracking you down. They going to do that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So another thing that made it really hard when it came to trying to dismember the mafia was actually getting proof of these wrongdoings. Like I said, people weren't cooperating, but also the rules were really strict on surveillance. So prior to, well, not even prior to, because there were surveillance laws that existed like prior to the mafia being like a big issue, but they pertain to foreign intelligence and foreign powers. So it wasn't really used for things like outside of that. So they would try to to get surveillance permission to surveil people. You would have to have probable cause, go to a judge. And when you go to judge, it's like, okay, you could bug their house, you could surveil. But every month you would have to come back to them with the evidence you found. And a judge has to say whether it's like, okay, you can still surveil them or be like, no, because you weren't allowed to quote unquote needlessly spy on people. But that was a term that was very vague. So it's like what really constitutes needlessly spying. So you can have evidence of someone admitting, yeah, I killed this guy. I paid this guy off. But that in the same phone call, he's talking to his wife for a extended period of time about personal things, about their marriage and love. And, oh, I want to go on vacation here. They'll be like, oh, well, you're just needlessly spying because he's talking about his personal life despite... All the other evidence of him admitting That's to wrongdoing. Crazy. So all that evidence would get thrown out a month's worth of <laughs> evidence. Crazy. They'd be like, nope, you can't use that. So once they found a way to finesse those surveillance laws that were previously like just for foreign intelligence-related things, they were able to actually surveil them and bug them without... Them having knowledge of that being done or knowing, like having an inside guy, you know, mafia probably have police on their payroll and yeah,
1: espionage with morals. Like, yeah, we're gonna spy on you, but we have morals about it, and it's just really crazy. You can have the evidence, but it's getting thrown out. And it's just funny
0: to me, right? Because well, I was looking up the difference between like mob, mafia, gang. I'm like, what really is um, the difference? But. A gangster and a mobster is like the same thing, basically. The mafia was just a type of mob or gang that just had like the highest power. So it's funny. That's it like, okay, Rico is mainly used for that, which is basically gang activity. Even though when people right. hear the word gangster or thug, they think of Black people. Like they don't really think of like Italians and mm-hmm. like that type of thing. But they were like the original gangsters. So it's just very ironic to... Now to present day, the mob stuff was like the seventies and the eighties, but now we're in twenty 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 tens, twenty twenty.
1: The mob is definitely still around.
0: No comment. But
1: <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say.
0: But when you fast forward to the twenty tens and twenty twenties, you hear we go. It feels like, you know, it's not necessarily true, but it feels like I mostly hear it like pertaining to rappers when it was originally for like mafia.
1: Well, these days, the biggest person being tried for RICO is Donald Trump. And this is very interesting because I've never seen a situation where a former president who's also running for re-election is being tried for RICO. Um, Let's just look at it. He's being tried on 13 counts, something which includes soliciting a public officer to violate their oath, conspiring to impersonate a public officer, Conspiring to commit forgery with false electors, conspiring to commit false statements, making false statements, conspiring to file false documents. Um, he's he been, a gangster. You know, <laughs> like, you know, he really moved different. He really. he <laughs> Donald Trump been a gangster, though. I mean, people just ain't realized. Even his mugshot was just like.
0: Well, it was funny because people before. His actual mugshot came out. People was already, you know, making the AI mugshots and stuff. But when they both hit the internet, like around the same time, I seen it later. I didn't see the mugshot when it first hit the internet. Right. How does that work? So by the time I seen it, it been hit the internet. I didn't know. It took me a minute to differentiate the AI mugshot and the real mugshot. Because mugshot just looks so stereotypical what you think a Donald Trump mugshot would look like that. I really couldn't tell the difference for a little bit until I finally realized, oh, this is the real mugshot.
1: Because he's still in character. Right. This is all <laughs> a character. Donald Trump, He his his ego drives every decision. And now his ego have him and Rudy Giuliani and a host of, like I think it's 18 defendants total getting tried for Rico. And the lady trying him, she is serious. If y'all don't know Fannie Willis, you will now. She has won major RICO cases in the state of Georgia. And because she's using Georgia RICO's law, which is different from federal RICO, federal RICO is very hard to prove. State RICO is easy to prove. So she's been getting a lot of W's, a lot of W's. And she has a lot of cases on her books right now. And she's really honing in on Donald Trump. He even wants to sever his case from everybody else's case. If he severs his case from everybody else's case, it catches them off guard. And now they have to do more research into what they were going to try to just focus on him and not the group as a whole. So Donald Trump is also playing the game. Mm,
0: I don't know if y'all ever watch. <laughs> We be watching Gotha, Donald Trump reminds me of the penguin like Yeah, he really is
1: moving like the penguin right now. <laughs> the
0: penguin be move is so shisty and he always have a backup plan for his backup fan for his backup backup plan and he really don't care who he has to betray and throw under the bus or backstab.
1: Right. So I guess that makes Fanny Jim interest. Gordon, huh?
0: <laughs> she tried. She trying to be. <laughs> no, she's been.
1: She's been doing her thing though. When I was researching her, I was like, okay, she like she um tried Rico against the state um exams, found out that the schools are cheating on the state exams. I think it was like called the CRCT when I was going to school in Georgia, and she won that Rico case. Um, she actually has won cases against other rappers using her lyrics against them. Um, so she's very serious, like. I don't know. Donald Trump might have found the one. Atlanta not playing.
0: Atlanta not playing for real. What? Who said? Um, Atlanta was a real life Wakanda. Uh,
1: I forgot who <laughs> said that. I could see it though. It's not, but <laughs> in a in a sense, it is because there's so much blackness out there. But Atlanta, really, it says you just got to go to Atlanta to experience.
0: I understand that Wakanda was like.
1: I mean, you don't think Wakanda had his hoods and his ghettos? No. Come on. I don't think. Come on. They was never
0: oppressed. So, just off the fact that I'm not about to call any city. Neither was John Moran. And, all right.
1: (laughs) All right, you don't have to be oppressed to have, you know what I'm saying? Like, come on.
0: But, But what does that have? My point stands. You can't compare a city in America. A city that once had slavery, well, a country once had slavery, and be like, oh, they Wakanda who just never had to deal with colonialism, or like, <laughs> like that's insane to me. Like off that alone, it's like no, there's no such thing as a real Wakanda. They getting mad,
1: they air too clean. <laughs> we allegedly Trump was using intimidation tactics and harassing to get Georgia voters to change their votes. He was trying to get the Georgia Official Committee to nullify the will of the voters, and he was also trying to cast 16 fake electors in the Georgia Electoral uh, electoral College Review.
0: Wait, so where was Stacey Abrams So he was doing all this? I thought she was like the hero voting in Georgia. She slacking?
1: No, she's not slacking. They're just making it really hard for Stacey Abrams. But, you know, it's Georgia. She's only owning... no comment.
0: <laughs> no comment. Okay. Because, <laughs> you, hey, my bad.
1: Um, but that's really the case they have against him. And he was trying to get the votes changed. Um, he has multiple lawsuits going on right now. This is just the strongest lawsuit against him. Like This is the first state to actually use RICO.
0: And how do you
1: finesse that mugshot
0: out of him? I just thought, because he been getting... Stuff pulled up against him like, oh, you're hearing Trump was charged right. with this and that state. But you never saw no mugshots. So. Well, I think
1: Fulton County is making an effort to be um, hard on Trump, um, as hard as they can be to a former president. But they're making an effort to show like that they're serious about this case.
0: Period. You know, a black woman always going to get it done.
1: Yeah, she not. I hope she got security. <laughs> she
0: need it. For sure. Well, what was going on with... um?
1: Kanye West, publicist. Um, Kanye West, publicist, was used to kind of use to get black people to support Trump. So he was part of Trump's media campaign to help sway votes and to help sway the public's she. opinion. She. Sorry, I don't know why I keep saying he.
0: Did you see her mugshot?
1: No, I did not see her mugshot. I uh, only saw Donald Trump's mugshot. I'm
0: about to look it up. You got to see this. <laughs> we no, I saw her. that
1: one other lady mugshot, too. I don't know who she was, though. She was
0: black? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's her. That's her. Okay okay. okay,
1: okay. I never knew what she looked like.
0: <laughs> the menacing looking. That mugshot is insane, <laughs> bro. Like, I'm not thought they all just in method acting mode, like on a level I've never seen before. I
1: mean, but it's working. He is the front runner
0: despite
1: all the bullshit. Despite everything, he is the front runner in the campaign right now, which is wild. He's not even going to like the debates, he's been campaigning on Twitter. Or X.
0: <laughs> not as crazy.
1: It's just funny that he used his mugshot as um, campaign advertisement. And then like the slogan, it says, never surrender. But as you he him should. Up. <laughs> I don't but, know. It's
0: like, as you should to get him out of here. But as he should, not trying to go down without swinging. Like, he
1: just. But what it says, never surrender. You surrender to take the mugshot. That was literally surrendering.
0: Touché. Touché. But hey, back outside, boys, he back outside already. So <laughs> it's like, outside. what y'all really do? Okay, y'all got a little picture. Woo, woo, woo. Like, he not stressed about none of that. He just wanted people to feel like he just going to bullshit his way out of any and every situation. Yeah,
1: he paid that little bond off and kept it moving.
0: Hey, but we going to see. We going to see what really... I felt people are so trumped out that like, we hear some new shit. Oh, Trump this and whatever was going on with the files. Right. Like he had classified well, he still has documents. Well, cases against
1: him, um, about that even in Florida.
0: And people hardly reacted to that because Trump is just really a wild boy. Like, we, a wild boy, the likes of which we ain't ever seen before. Like, that's really crazy. <laughs> wow. And someone could do the type of stuff he'd be doing and people just shrug it off because, like, we all just accepted, like, yeah, Trump crazy. And he's just wild. Yeah, here on.
1: Rowland, Mitch McConnell can't remember his last name, Joe Biden falling off bikes. It's just really rough out here.
0: I feel like every time Mitch be pausing, it's like the Grim Reaper is poking him. And it's <laughs> like, Just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. I'll I'll see you next week. Maybe, film me. Like, ain't no way he just be (laughs) paused. No, I
1: just saw an article today that says it's going to continue.
0: At least they finally confirmed it. Because before they was like, we have eyes, and they're just trying to be like, oh no, he's good. Like, we have eyes that can see that that man is not okay.
1: But speaking of government. There are some bills trying to be passed where lyrics could be used in limited cases. So they're trying to get rid of the use of it. And even Joe Biden is on board for this. But Fannie Willis is not on board with this. She is going to try to use lyrics against her other big Rico case right now, which is the YSL case. You've been keeping up with that?
0: Vaguely, but not really. It's just one of the things, like I said, when I hear Rico and the rapper name, I was like, damn, he's going to be locked up. And I just move on. So I heard Rico, YSL, Young Thug. And I was like, well, they got Thug. And then right. I just moved on.
1: They got 56 counts against Thug right now. 56. Out of that 56, they only had one on Gunna and everybody was so mad at him.
0: Right. Because that's the whole thing about Rico and like why a lot of people feel like it's unconstitutional because... Yes, it made it to where you could dismember something like a mafia where you're like, okay, this is a criminal organization. We could prove that. We could seize your assets. You have to do real time. Cool. Right. But when it comes to a record label or something, you could be a part of an organization that is legitimately supposed or at least supposed to be something else. Like YSL is a record label. Gonna sign a record deal. Feel me? And right. if crime is going on within the organization... You could still be swept up in all that, despite you personally not committing crimes, or at least the crimes you did was minimal. But you're like, well, you're a part of this criminal organization, so we could hit you with. Like. Do
1: you know what his official charge was? No, I actually don't. Um, I got it right here. Gunner is charged with one count of racketeering. According to the indictment, he allegedly received stolen property and was in possession of drugs, including methamphetamine, marijuana. Hydrocodone with the intent to distribute. So basically, he was a drug dealer and he had stolen property.
0: Okay. But okay, you look at the definition of racketeering, right? It says, the act of acquiring a business to do illegal activity, operating a business with illegally derived income, or using a business to commit illegal acts. So like charging someone with racketeering in a RICO case where it's like, oh, they did multiple, like, Crimes under this organization is the equivalent to somebody getting locked up by the police and their only charge is resisting arrest. It's like, what mm-hmm. did they do to be under arrest? It's like, oh, he just so happened to be on a record labor that we feel is a gang. So now, outside of it being attached to Rico, he wouldn't have been charged with racketeering. He would right. be charged with something that wouldn't have given him the amount of time they were trying to act like they were about right. to give him if he didn't say X, Y, Z. And that's what makes it like really unfair, to be honest. When it
1: was meant to be fair, is actually doing the opposite. Um The charges they have on Thug, or if they're trying to say Thug did, are a lot stronger. Um They say Thug rented a car that was used in a commission of the murder of Donathan Thomas Jr., um, which was a rival gang leader. Um They said five... YSL members were charged with the murder of Thomas' death. There was even reports of them reading messages from thugs calling his associates um, pussies, that they're getting soft, um, that they're, like, does he have to do it himself? He was very, I don't know, because the evidence they have against him paints a very bad picture for the situation, but I still feel like it's nothing concrete. Because I feel like if it was concrete, they could have wrapped the case up. I still feel like they're poking and poking. Um, His brother did get 10 years, one year served because of the time he already did. Um, They're really aiming after Thug, though. They even tried to say the other day that Thug did a live drug deal in the court. They made like a whole scene in court about it, saying that he was doing a drug deal. And it turns out he just shook someone's hand. It wasn't even a drug deal. No drugs were exchanged. But they made a whole big deal of it in the courtroom.
0: And they have 13 songs listed as evidence on the indictment. 13 songs. And she
1: said she's going to use lyrics. And she's actually quoted giving legal advice, saying if you don't want to, basically, don't put it in your music, basically, is what she was saying. But a lot of people feel like using the lyrics is unfair. What's your opinion on that?
0: To my opinion on that, I feel like lyrics should only be used if there's substantial physical evidence that would hold up without the lyrics. Like just cause someone's saying a song, oh yeah, I shot that nigga at 3 pm woo whoopty If you don't have no physical evidence that they shot the nigga at 3 a.m., wooty woop, like how can a song lyric be used as evidence of that? People say wild things in music all the time like Johnny Cash used to oh I murdered a man in Rio and I what that song say Johnny Cash murdered a man in Rio right. watched him die like it's just storytelling it's freedom of speech it's freedom of expression and i feel like even in the case i said where they could be used if it's like okay they have evidence that this happened at this time in this place where it happened that points that person that puts that person there i feel if you have strong evidence even still, there would be no need for the lyrics to be the evidence because you have the physical evidence. I feel like you, you still have to prove something. A lyric doesn't prove anything, and that just feels very like unfair and targeted.
1: Right, and that's basically what his lawyer is trying to say as part of the case, um, which is why a lot of people are also saying they feel like it's unfair that she plans on using his lyrics against him. Um, there is a bill that some lawmakers are trying to pass to make sure that's not a possibility but it doesn't look like it's going to pass anytime soon. Um, the state seems to really want this victory. It looks like they're trying to make a statement.
0: Uh, when it comes to court cases, like a lot of certain type of court cases have really big implications because law is really based on precedent. So the more cases you have where, oh, this was used and that person got locked up, it's going to be detrimental in the future. But the more cases you have where, oh, they tried to use this and it didn't pan out that way, that could be detrimental. So I feel like there's been a few cases where they tried to use lyrics and that did not go the way. Like snooped all that meme of him, like holding his hand or whatever in court. I've used that meme all the time, but I have no clue what that case was about. But they were trying to use his rap lyrics as evidence and he won that case. Um, What's his name? YB- um, NBA Youngboy. I was about to say YBN. <laughs> YNW. So many different.
1: <laughs> so many Y's. <wise. laughs>
0: right. NBA Youngboy. They tried to use his lyrics against him. That didn't pan-, pan out. YNW Melly tried to use his lyrics against him. We've seen how that and That was goes, recent. But it doesn't look like that one's about to. Did, did that wrap up or not? I just assume he was going to get off.
1: I don't know if it wrapped up. I know I did read about um, them not being able to use the lyrics, but I'm not sure where the case is going after that.
0: I'm about to look it up real
1: quick. These are the type of cases Megan needs to be reported. If you're listening, Megan, these are the cases.
0: Yeah, well, they said it was a holdout. Like, the jurors couldn't really come to a decision when it comes to Melly. Okay. So, yeah, so there's been cases where it's like, you don't want Megan Kunif? I'm sorry, I just peeped what you said. Yeah. <laughs> my sis with the Bob. I love her. She is so messy, but she does it in such a covert way that's like, I'm just doing my job. But right. she be, she be dragging Tory lanes by his little hair plugs, I'm not gonna lie.
1: And his wife.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I was saying, so there has been some cases where like they tried to use lyrics and it didn't hold up. But I'm pretty sure there's also been cases where they did you know, use lyrics. I don't know any off the top of my head.
1: there has been cases where they did use lyrics and it held up... um,
0: But was there, like, concrete physical evidence outside of the lyrics? That's my main thing. And that's why I feel like it's like there's no real point of...
1: It's never just, like, the lyrics by itself. Like, oh, well, you said this in this song, so you definitely did it. If that's the case, so many rappers could be in jail right now.
0: And so many non-rappers, like... We're not the only genre, okay, at a disproportionate rate. I'm not going to sit here and cap. I'm going to people. But in black music, especially black American music, at a disproportionate rate, we definitely do be saying some shiesty shit. But we're not the only people right. who say shiesty shit over right. a fucking beat. We're not. So there's freedom of speech, bro. Some like, of those rock art. bands
1: be screaming about genocide.
0: That's damn near like saying if I paint somebody getting beheaded, that's proof I beheaded somebody. Like, it's art. It's literally art, and that shit is really fucking stupid. (laughs) So my question to you, do you feel like there's a concerted effort to criminalize and or demonize Black culture or specifically hip-hop culture?
1: I think there definitely is. I think that's because hip-hop culture became so big um, and Black culture itself became... So big, I feel like it was becoming maybe not like the dominant culture because we still are the minority, but just like
0: it's becoming pop culture, yeah.
1: Like when you it's synonymous, yeah, like synonymous with pop culture, and I feel like that's the problem. Um, and I feel like it's easier for them to make it seem like it's a problem, it's a problem with us, but when they do pass other laws or when certain things happen. It's like people are desensitized to it because we're expected to be viewed a certain way, and our arts are expected to be viewed a certain way,
0: right? If you look at the history of hip hop, um, artists that white people or the government or like politics, news outlets, whatever, all them type people <laughs> did not lie. like, they really didn't like NWA, they really didn't like Tupac, they really didn't like Uncle Luke. And I feel like there was always a narrative of when you talk about the ghetto, like in the news and, oh, look at them, like basically borderline calling us savages, look what they're doing to their communities, look at the crime, look at the drugs, Da da da. but no acknowledgement of how that came to be and the systemic speed bumps in our way of why the conditions were that way. The narrative was just, this is just their nature. And then once hip hop came about, it really gave a voice to our narrative, well, let's tell our story from this perspective, but we're going to actually say, why? We're going to say the police is beating us. We're going to say this, that, and third. We're going to say Reagan push crack in the hoods. We're going to say all that. And then it becomes mainstream. It's like they can't control that narrative mm-hmm. anymore. And that makes them very upset. So you think of like N.W.A. getting arrested at a concert. We're saying fuck the police. And like... Uncle Luke, he should be really, really more highly revered and respected in hip-hop because if it wasn't for him really fighting for rappers to be able to say what they want, Rap would not be what it is now. Like He's literally the reason they made- A lot of made, people don't know that though. Right. They don't. The, literally, he's the reason they made the parental advisory sticker because he over here on songs talking about some a Dick, Oh, I So Horny, and it became mainstream. A bunch of white people listening to them. It caused a lot of outrage. It was to the point where store owners in Broward County, if they were selling to live crew album, they were getting arrested first selling their album it was seen as obscenity which was the mm-hmm. first time in history that a song was seen as obscenity like this by was the By law, they said it is obscenity and we're arresting store owners for selling the album. They were arresting them if they had a show in Broward County and they performed the song. As soon as they left the venue, the police was outside and arrested them. And he had to fight it in federal court. And he won. He fought for it. He said, absolutely not. He knew what the implications was going to be. Like, if... I do this like pretty much any rap song, if I lose this case, any rap song is going to be seen as obscenity and like literally any rapper could just get charged or cursing or is talking about our conditions or talking about sex or talking about whatever, anything they want to label obscenity, right. which is very vague in and of itself. There's Well, that's obscenity and hip hop would have died. Like hip hop literally would have died if he did not win that case. I also feel really like not. they
1: can't make any more money from it, but like... They feel like it's reaching a ceiling, how like a lot of executives are complaining like, oh, they can't find that next star. They're looking for the next group of stars and it's so hard for people to click. Also, I also feel like they're starting to look for something else. So I feel like at one point they were trying to embrace hip hop. because To like, make money off right, of it. Right. It was very commercial at one point, especially with the trap sound. So I feel like because of where the place music is in right now, they're also trying to look for, like, what's that next sound or pivot back to pop. So demonizing this genre makes sense if you want to uplift another genre and kind of take his spot.
0: And that makes sense. That makes me think so of religion. I know that's a wild
1: <laughs> comparison.
0: And, I thought the best way to get someone on board or something is to demonize another thing, like how they demonized paganism, created Christianity, and then was like, we're going to have all the same pagan holidays. we we'll call them Christian holidays, like, it's what they've been doing since the beginning of time. It's like we gonna capitalize off this. We gonna use this. Right. If it's not beneficial, we gonna steal some elements of it, but say it's something else and demonize the origins of it. So you could support that something else. And I thought it's the whole reason why pretty much every major genre comes from black people. Rock came from black people. Country came from black people. Like all of it. Any American genre music, like came from techno, literally, you could do the research on any genre, and it will always track back to, oh, Black people, every time.
1: Well, because the dominant race here didn't really have a culture. They came here and was kind of just, they literally were taught how to live here from the people who were already here, and then they just said, oh, this R is ours now. And that's kind of just how it's been with everything goes.
0: Right. I get back on the topic of Rico, I mean, we went off on a little tangent, but when I think of Trump's Rico case, that situation, um, there's just a lot of irony when I think about it. Well, one, I think it was ironic that Beyonce was performing in Atlanta at the same time Trump was getting his mugshot taken. It's very funny to me. I also find it ironic that Giuliani got wrapped up in this whole situation. Because I had to really look up Rico, right? I didn't know what it was. But I was looking it up, Giuliani's name came up so much. And even videos of him talking about, oh yeah, well, we just used this and did that and da-da-da. And he's a self-proclaimed, some people argue against that, but self-proclaimed pioneer of the Rico. And when you look up Rico, his name comes up a lot. All I knew about Giuliani prior, I just knew he used to be Mayor of New York way back when, and he was known for being racist. Anytime my dad brought him up, he's like, Giuliani, he was so racist. That's all my dad, <laughs> dad said. Yeah. That. That's all my dad was like, he was just so racist. He was just so racist. And I remember my dad telling me a story where he got pulled over. This is when I was babies. So I don't remember, but he got pulled over. He didn't know what for. The cop didn't tell him what for. I'm from New York, by the way. I didn't even say that. I'm just assuming everyone knows that, but I'm from Queens. So driving in New York. And my dad gets pulled over. He doesn't know what he's being pulled over for. The cop told him, like, everyone get out the car, sitting on the side of the road for mad long while searching the entire car for what we don't know. And that's the end of it. Didn't find anything. But I was like, so what was I pulled over for? And he's like, oh, your taillight was out. My dad was like, so you did all this because my tail light was out? And he said, the cop verbatim said, well, this is Giuliani's world and drove off. That's according to my dad. So when I heard Mm. Giuliani, I was just, okay, he used to be the mayor of New York and he was really racist. All I really- Makes sense
1: why he linked up with Trump.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And I think if I remember correctly, I think he was one of the main people who's behind the whole stop and frisk thing, made that a big thing in New York. And stop and frisk was very disproportionately used against black people with no real probable cause. So it definitely tracks out why he will be linked to Trump. But it's very ironic that someone who's known for, quote, unquote, self-proclaimed pioneering the RICO got hit with RICO.
1: And that just goes to show they really think they're above the law.
0: Why wouldn't they think that?
1: I mean, everything else has told them that up until this point. Like, I don't know if some of these cases are just for show or not. But even him wanting to separate himself from everybody else in the case is kind of showing, like, uh, Atlanta might be taking this very seriously.
0: Hmm. What do you know about what, Giuliani? I just know he's involved in that whole situation, but I don't know what his charges were. He was were. kind
1: of um, middlemaning the situation. Like, Trump wasn't directly talking to these people. He wasn't directly organizing these things. In some cases, he was, like, telling people, like, look, you owe me, like, you don't want to not do this. I can ruin your career as far as trying to get them to change their um, votes or change how the voting system worked. Um, but Giuliani was basically, like, middlemaning a lot of, like, the campaigning and, like, the basically the propaganda of what was going on on behalf of Trump. So he was conspiring, like even trying to get the fake electors. That was something he was Oh, Okay.
0: So he was literally committing Rico. (laughs) That's just very funny because like he's an expert on Rico. So it is wild that throughout all these acts weren't thinking like, they could hit me with Rico. Like (laughs) that thought never.
1: Mr. Pioneer.
0: Yeah, Mr. Pioneer Rico. That's very, very funny. So in summation, there's a war on crime, there's also a war on hip hop, it's two separate things, but it interlaps a lot. When certain laws are used to actually go up against people who are committing actual high-level crime, especially the people doing it, are people who feel untouchable or have been getting away with certain things for a while, it is very refreshing and it is nice to see. But these laws can also be used in a very unfair and predatory manner, and too oftentimes when it's used in that manner, it's against people who look like me and you, and that I cannot right. appreciate. So it's just, I understand how those laws are beneficial to fight in certain type of crimes. But I just hate that hip-hop culture can get demonized and certain things could be used in lieu of actual hard-hitting evidence when it's not used that way. Otherwise, only used in certain ways when it comes to our culture. Do you have any final thoughts?
1: Free thought.
0: <laughs>
1: That's really it. And that's the end of this episode. Thank you for listening to the Art of Discourse. You can find us on Instagram at the Art of Discourse. There you will see like behind the scenes updates and just anything to do with the podcast. Um, we'll be back next time.